Fans! Ah, it's that time once again for them boys from 607 Podcast to talk all things pro wrestling. It's time for this week's episode of 607 TWS live on twitch.tv slash 607 Podcast. And as always, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I am one of your hosts here at 6-7 Podcast on Twitch. I'm also the host of the Three Fat Nerds Podcast. My name is Rich. And joining me as he always does, the other host here on 6-7 Podcast on Twitch. But you also know him as the host of the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, better known as the ODPH. I'm talking about Ken M. 6-7 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is going on? What is good? Let's talk some pro wrestling, damn it, shall we? Pro grappling. Now we can't talk football before either. Yeah. Football's over. Can't talk about UFC because... Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker got knocked the fuck out again. Yeah, bad. Yeah, baby. Bad. Of course, we had a lot of wrestling this week. So, I mean, this is going to be a jam-packed show. Facts. Cannot wait for it. We got a lot to talk about. Of course, in the main event, we're going to kill two birds with one stone because we have the entire... February fuckery weekend mm-hmm. to, re- to to go over for GCW. Plus, we also have next week's Los Angeles weekend for GCW back to back. So we might as well just knock that out of the main event. Mm. Reason being is we have a jam packed show before because in the mid card of this show we have <laughs> pretty much we I just want to say reviews, but covering WWE Elimination Chamber, right? Impact Wrestling No Surrender, yes. Triple A Ray De Reyes. Mm-hmm. And so much more, including some ROH news and WWE news and so much more. And, of course, there's that little opening bout thing, you know. There was, like, you know, this little news story that came out last week. I think it was Tuesday. Yep. Uh, you know, it was it's just a small story. But I figured we might as well open with it. But with that being said, so we can get in there. Hey, Dan, what's up? Dan, what's going on? Dan is killing it on Twitch right now, too. Yeah. If you're not following the Bat Dan, you need to make sure you're dropping that follow. He's fucking killing that shit right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. I even dropped in, had a little conversations, uh, you know, in, a, in my somehow not watching wrestling spare time. Yeah. <laughs> I think that day I was watching uh, Halloween 4 and 5 with the kid because he's never seen them. Really? So I was going through, like, the trashy ones. At least I didn't get to curse of Michael Myers yet. That's going to probably be this upcoming week. Hey, but he has seen, because I had to watch the review for the show, he has seen Halloween Resurrection, so it doesn't really get much worse than that. Yeah, that's true. So, there he goes. Uh, Dan says, much appreciated, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, there we go. But before we dive in, because we got a lot to talk about this week, Ken M, tell them how to find yourself in the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. Very simple. Swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join in the conversation on our social media accounts. Check out the blog section at Parlay Points. A new blogs count anywhere. So got some wrestling stories to talk about this week. The T Public Store, the directory, the classifieds, all that and so much more. ODPHpodcast.com. And of course, for everything three fat nerds, go over to 8122productions.com. We got all your information there as well. We have a T Public link. We have the link to this Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash 67 podcast. We have the link to Patreon for as little as $1 a month. You get a ton of extra bonus content at patreon.com slash 8122productions. Of course, we have all the information for the three fat nerds podcast. Uh, like I said, we're on all social medias. Three fat nerds pod. Throw an at in front of it if you have to. And then 
of course, also Horror Zone 607, 607 TWS, Friends of the Show, and so much more, all at one stop shop, 8122productions.com. And if you forget, anyone will remind you later on for either us or the ODPH. It will be in the liner notes if you're listening to this in podcast form. Mm. For some reason, Twitch hates yeah the the hyperlinks so i don't put them up on twitch because they won't even hyperlink it but you guys get it here on the show with that being said though uh you know it's 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 an interesting thing but if you're listening in podcast form which a lot of you are and we thank you for that absolutely shout us to you i mean if you ever want to jump in the chat always jump on twitch but as long as you're listening that's all we care about well you know what ken m i think a very wise man once said right it's time to kick off this week's episode and there's no better way than to talk about that little tiny news story out of the world of all elite wrestling if you will or maybe not out of the world of all elite wrestling mm. it depends on what's going on See what you of course did it might even depend on what's going on as we speak right now because as you know we're live at the same time wwe raw is on so you never know and well i'm sure if something big happens it'll get dropped in our chat as it normally does but let's start off talking about the Rhodeslander, one of uh, Ken M's favorite mm. wrestlers out there in the world today. And it appears, well, it's not even appears. It is what it is. Yeah. Cody Rhodes, as of Tuesday, well, actually, technically, as of Monday night, is no longer an employee in any shape, way, or form of All Elite Wrestling. He has been working on a handshake deal with All Elite Wrestling since either December 31st or January 1st. That's where it gets fishy. We know that he's been in negotiations for six weeks for a new contract with All Elite Wrestling. And obviously those contracts went south because those discussions went south because on Wednesday, or Monday or Monday evening, it basically was a done deal. And Tuesday, the world found out that Cody Rhodes is no longer All Elite. Uh, first of all, before I get even into this, I just want to point out for the people sitting at home, it is 100% not a work. Mm-hmm. I just want to be clear on that. I know a lot of people still out there believe it's a work. It's not. What this is is what is a good old-fashioned contract negotiation. Here's what happened. And, and this is but I'm taking this from a little bit of column A and column B. I got to give a shout-out, by the way. And I know this pain is Coach's favorite person, Sean Ross Sapp, mm-hmm. who has been on top of this story, believe it or not, since about January the 13th. Yeah, somewhere around there. And people called him crazy and told him he was stupid. I guess he was vindicated a little bit. We never called him. We were We actually believed him. He vets a lot of these stories. Giving him credit is journalistic credit. I don't know about how much I like his opinions. Mm. Journalistically, though, I think he's amazing. And this is another time he was proven to be right. Um, the reason why I'm going to say straight out is you had six weeks. We know that there was a handshake deal. Like I said, the contract was either up on December 31st or January 1st. We're not sure which, which day, but it doesn't really matter. No matter what, by January 1st of 2022, Cody Rhodes was no longer under contract with the... Uh, uh, all Elite Wrestling. Pat says the length of Cody Rhodes' negotiation lasted longer than his heel run in AEW. And hold on, Pat. I mean, you're not wrong, but you didn't have to say it. I mean, good Very Lord. true, by the way. Facts. Um, but I, I, as I'm pointing out, they had six weeks. And in that time, he was still TNT champion for a good portion of that. Mm-hmm. Just throwing it out. He won the belt and lost the belt, not under contract. So kudos to Cody Rhodes for keeping it being a man of his word, first and foremost. Yes. Secondly, uh, I'm assuming that the contracts went in the South, and this is what happened. They, I don't think Tony Khan and the AEW brass, because as we know, Tony Khan consolidated and took all the power back. That's what we've been told. That's what, what's been reported. That's what Kenny Omega agrees to. The Young Bucks agree on. So pretty, pretty much, 
the buck stops with Tony. I'm sure he has an inside crew of guys that he talks to. Sure. However he's doing it. At the end of the day, I don't think that Tony thought that Cody would just go, nah, I'm gone. I think, especially because of how long the contract negotiation went for, I'm thinking he thought, okay, well, we'll fucking lowball him. We're going to try to save some money. We're going to take the power away, which we've already done consolidated, but we're now going to do it in contractual form is what I'm assuming. That's what we're hearing also. And then once we do that, you know, it's take it or leave it. But we know he's not going to leave, so eh, whatever. And he called their bluff. That's the bottom line. I mean, I understand when it broke, people thought it was a work and everything else, but let's be honest, it is what it is. It's a contract negotiation. And I think, furthermore, what ended up happening is we've heard from multiple sources, including, you know, I don't always believe Dave Meltzer, but when he and everybody else is saying, I think it's right, and the news was that Cody Rhodes was offered something, like a, a you know, hey, this from WWE. Mm-hmm. And I think that happened on the Sunday before this went down. They just probably went, and I, I, I guarantee it was kind of like, hey, maybe Vince messaged him, because we know he texts, yeah. or he called, and he said, hey, listen, if you're interested in leaving, we're interested in having you. He might even throw in a number at him. Like, we can start here. And Cody might go, and he sat down at that table on that Monday for the last time, as we know, it was the last time, and they gave him the bitch and probably sold him on some, and he said, no, this is what I want. I'm the face of this revolution. This is what we built to. I, I helped create this company. I feel like this is what I deserve. And Tony Khan probably said no. Yeah. And then Cody pulled the trigger and said, okay, well, then as of now, I'm no longer working for All Elite Wrestling. It's an interesting thing. Now, mind you, Cody could be coming back. Yeah. Uh, obviously, during Raw right now, and I'm sure Pat will throw it in there if he comes, you know, there's this big tease that uh, The Miz has a secret partner. But I don't know if they'd do that there. I think that they might just bring him some out some other time, even on this show. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even save him for SmackDown. Yeah. I can see him beating Roman Reigns over him beating Lesnar. I could see that happening too, but I, so, I don't think it's going to. I'm, I'm just saying, I digress. We can jump into the speculation later. But I'm just saying, so either one of two things has happened. We know he's definitely had contra- uh, contract negotiations with WWE. Mm-hmm. That's a given. Yeah. And then you go back to AEW. And we know that on Wednesday night, uh, Tony Khan promised some kind of massive deal that would be announced this Wednesday. Because that's all we do now at All Elite all Wrestling is we debut people and, and, and sign massive deals, I guess. Yeah. And that massive deal could be Cody Rhodes. But don't be fooled for those out there who go, oh, well, oh, see, it wasn't work. He came back. No, 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 no. I'm telling you what Cody Rhodes did. He said, these contract negotiations aren't going in my favor. Fuck you. I'm out. He got in contact with Vince, probably flew his ass to Connecticut, mm-hmm. got the numbers, and then if, if he's smart, he goes back to Tony and goes, hey, this is what Vince is offering me. This is what he's willing to give me. Can you match this? And then what ends up going on next is better. Oh, wait a minute. says, right now it's Walker, Texas Ranger, Brock on screen. I'm not lying. I'll send you the pics. Oh, he's in his cowboy hat again. Oh, boy. I love it. Um, but anyways, what ends up happening is that Tony Khan has one of two decisions to make. Match the WWE offer or let him go. And here's the thing. You know with the situation, this is what we're really going to talk about, with the situation we're in right now, Vince is going to offer him the world. Like all these people at home, like, oh, he'll misuse him. It doesn't matter. What Vince is going to do is... They made over a billion dollars in profits last year. Mm-hmm. It's going to be an easy, hey, sign this three-year, $6 million, $7 million, $8 million deal. Guaranteed money. We'll give you the belt. We'll put you in a high-profile match at WrestleMania. Come on over. 
Because then Tony Khan has to match that by saying, we'll give you the belt and we'll send you uh, a shit ton. Oh, wow. He really does look like oh a my cowboy. God. I love it. I love it. He's having too much fun. Yes, he is. But anyway, so going back to Cody Rhodes, and at that point, Junction Reeds goes back to Tony Khan, and he has to say, give me this much money and the belt and this and that, and then we can talk. And guess what has to happen then? He has to agree to that or the reason. So for those out there that don't think Vince is going to offer this guy the world, let's be honest. Here's the deal. This isn't just a wrestler. This is not This is not just the first wrestler leaving AEW to go to WWE. No, 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 no. Don't be. Don't get this fooled. This is the guy who helped found this company. This is a guy who was an executive vice president of this company. This is the guy that when you watch TV every week, that signature, the first thing you saw, whether it was Dynamite, Rampage, Dark, whatever, was Cody Rhodes. So he was the face of the revolution. For him to go to World Wrestling Entertainment, and it doesn't matter how much people want to bypass and play this off, for him to go to WWE... That's a big fucking move. That is a shot. You know, at this point in juncture, you can say what you will about the talent, because I think there's some really talented guys that got released. Obviously not their fault. That's all on WWE. But you can say whoever you want. You can even say CM Punk. I think this is a bigger deal. This is a real major shot fire. So if you're wondering why I think that Vince will offer him the world and give him the world, that's all, that's all he has to do. This is such an interesting move to happen. I mean, we just got to kind of take a look at the temp in the room, too. These negotiations have been going on for six weeks, and for the, you know, quote-unquote face that runs the place, if you will, it's tough when you were the straw that stirs the drink, but the glass is empty now. You've been replaced by numerous people that they have brought in, Brian Danielson, CM Punk, Adam Cole. It's kind of like the favorite new toy, so to speak. You get pushed away to, you know, the in the different places in the card. You're not as hot as you once were. That's the way I'm taking it from t- what Tony's looking at. It's not what have you done for us, what have you done for us lately. And lately the crowd reaction has been very mixed to him, but then again, they've reloaded that roster how many times now? So when the negotiations have been dragging on this long, I'm sure that Tony was thinking, well, there's no way Cody would leave. But Cody is smart. Cody definitely said, okay, let me call your bluff because if you think you can get on without me, I'll go. And that's what he did. And then you can say whatever you, you want to about the ratings factor, which I don't, I think is such a non-issue, but it's people, a non-issue. But people are running with it. But it's just Let's put it this way. The needle moves for AEW between 800,000 and a million. That's what it is. Right. So him leaving in the number that they had last week, I think is a very tiny amount due to them. Once again, we don't talk ratings on the show, but I will defend that. It is something that they have been... They've been bobbling between those areas. Right. So it's not like that big of a out, out thing. So I don't think that that was what affected. I think there are some people who might not watch. Oh, sure. But I don't think it was it was that big of a deal. Right. But the only reason I bring that up is the perception is, well, Cody left. Oh, my God. Look what happened to the ratings. So now Cody has all the chips now in his favor because he could go to WWE. And there is no chance Vince would say, okay, what is Tony offering you? And you know, give him a well, well higher offer and especially offer him the belt, maybe some creative control too. you know, obviously the, I mean, you can offer him the one thing that Vince can offer you that nobody else can. And we can all agree on. We say this time and time again is WrestleMania. Yeah. That's the one thing that every wrestler wants. Yeah. And, and, he, and it's true. There's not really many wrestlers out there. that are like, nah, you know, when they were sitting at home as kids dreaming of being a wrestler, they didn't picture themselves main eventing WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he's the only guy that can offer that, 
Yeah, I mean that's something that's, a thing. that's something that could come in play, and especially if he does offer some booking issue, because we have heard the booking issue was kind of the definitive point between Coney or Tony and Cody. And it's not unheard of for creative control in WWE. Right. Roman Reigns has a, a limited amount. So does in John Cena. Yes. So it's not like overbearing. It's not Hulk Hogan. Right. You know, That's why I want to stress have, some. They have some. And it's known that both of them have some. Bray Wyatt, to an extent, had some. Mm-hmm. They were letting him have a lot of freedoms. However you want to look at that, doesn't matter. Still, we're letting him do it. So it's not unheard of for them to let guys have freedoms. Here's the big thing that people have to realize. Vince is right now sitting behind the desk with the O face on mm-hmm. because he right now has AEW and Tony Khan by the, the literal fucking ball. Yeah. Because it's make a move. With this contract negotiations, make a move. Vince has two options here. Vince wins either way. This is what people don't get. This is what I want to spend a moment on. He, he wins either way because he's going to make a high offer. He's going to offer him the belt. He's going to offer him a mania slot. He's going to offer him a lot of money. He may or may not offer him some creative control. But once again, here's the thing on the stepping stone. Even if he doesn't offer him that, AEW was taking it away. Yes. So now you might as well work for the machine, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have creative, you don't have creative. At least you'll have more money, uh, WrestleMania slot, and possibly a championship opportunity. I'm just throwing that out there. No. So now Vince is looking at it like this. I'm going to offer this kid all this, and I'm going to offer him a lot of money. Not to mention, I've done business with his dad for years. We know Cody. With Regardless of how much shit to- Cody talked, let's go back in time to when Cody literally said he owes Vince his life. Mm-hmm. That what Vince did for his father and mother, he will always be indebted to Vince McMahon. And Vince could ask him for any favor ever, and he's going to do it as long as it doesn't violate a contract he's currently in. So he could ask him for any favor. You never know. Now Cody's going, hey, I, I want to, oh, here's the money. So then if he goes back to, to, to Tony and TK does the, the, the smart thing for TK to do is to re-sign him because it's a bad optic. Yes. So if he goes back to TK, now all of a sudden he's going to get paid big bucks, no whammies, and everything else because that is what it's going to take to sign him. Mm-hmm. So then Vince knows that. Vince knows that this this place is spending a ton of money, and we can argue billionaire and billionaire because they're both billionaires. But at what point in juncture, we already know from Tony Khan's mouth, the last that we knew, and it was less than six months ago, that AEW was nine figures in the hole. Yep. And after signing Punk, Danielson, and Adam Cole, and we found out that Adam Cole got signed for way, 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 way. way literally, the, the words that were written were way, 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 way more Mm-hmm. Then WWE offered him, and we know WWE offered him $2 million. Yep. So that means they're paying Adam Cole, in my estimation, probably 6 to $8 million. I was going to say, he's got to be around six. Not a year. It's probably over, over time. But it's probably over three or four years. Yeah. But it, it's a lot of money. We know that uh, if he's paying him that, imagine what he's paying Punk. Punk's got a doozy ton. Danielson has to have the same kind of deal that he's in, in WWE, which is probably $4 million a year, mm-hmm. three, four a year. You know, so it's it's kind of an interesting road we're going down with all this spending going on, and that's why it, it seems that TK didn't want to spend so much on re-upping the Young Bucks because we heard that they took a lesser deal. Mm-hmm. I don't know about Kenny Omega, but I guess his deal isn't up until next year. Right. Or later this year. I can't remember which one it was. I thought it was February. It could be February or March. It's up later than what it is now. Yes. And then, of course, we have Cody Rhodes. So they landed the Bucks back. Mm-hmm. We know that. But then again, the Bucks might think that they burned the bridge. Cody always had his hand on the back door, just like Jericho. We said that the whole time. 
Yeah. He knew what he was doing, and he just didn't think he would have to do it. And now here we are. So win-win, because even if, if Vince brings him in, that money pays for itself. Oh, yeah. Cody Rhodes is a main eventer. No matter how you think about how shoved down your throat it was, and oh, John sure, sure, Cena, sure. blah, blah, blah. Let's not mistake. Cody Rhodes left World Wrestling Entertainment as a mid-card performer. Sure, upper mid-card, but still mid-card. Mm-hmm. He went to the indies and reinvented himself, and that's the character, the American Nightmare, that we got in All Elite Wrestling. Yep. The face of the revolution. That character is a main event character. And what does Vince love guys to do? Leave WWE and prove mm. their worth. If you don't believe me, Jinder Mahal. Yep. Drew McIntyre. Uh, Drew Mac. Bobby Lashley. Mm-hmm. All guys who didn't work in the world of wrestling entertainment for one reason or another. They left. They made themselves with value. They came back, and they have all been champions, and they've all had the top spot in the card for different amounts of time. Right. Some of them longer than others. I mean, shit, Jinder Mahal was champion for, what, six months? Right easy. about there? It was an easy six. Drew Mack, almost a year? Mm-hmm. Lashley's had two title reigns that equal almost a year? I mean, and and possibly a third on the way if he didn't get injured. And, and by the way, we'll talk about that in the mid-card, but thoughts and prayers with him. Yeah. He possibly needs surgery, so that sucks. This is not a road that Vince hasn't been down with other talent. And those were talents that didn't go to and start another company that was his rival. These aren't talents that were the the seeds. Think about the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes with Tony Khan were the seeds that started All Elite Wrestling. You can't change history. That's what happened. All In was a Cody Rhodes Young Bucks production that was paid for by Ring of Honor and brought together the world of independent wrestling. Mm Mm-hmm. Out of all in is the birth of all elite wrestling. It's right. Am no, I wrong? you're not. You're right. And then the guy who was the main event guy who was known other than Jericho when they brought him in as the highest, you know, sign guy. But the guy behind the scenes as the EVP that was the face of the revolution was Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes is smashing uh, thrones. Cody Rhodes is coming out the more pyro than Godzilla. Facts. Way facts. So you're telling me all of a sudden he's not worth it? Come on, my guy. This is what Vince has been dreaming about. Oh, yeah, because this is the biggest FU we could give back to AEW. Because if he takes the franchise guy away, the optics speak for itself. Even better, if he takes the franchise guy away, and this is why people, let me hear me out here. People are like, oh, he'll just ruin him. No, 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 no. No. He understands the optics. He puts Cody Rhodes, who's the main eventer in the title picture, gives him the belt, lets him get a run, keeps him around the title picture. What, what do you think that looks like when a Hangman Page comes up for his contract? What do you think it looks like when an MJF comes up for his contract? The guys that we know Vince is interested in. Mm-hmm. He's going to throw him a lot of money and go, hey, look it, look what I did. Cody Rhodes, world champion. Exactly. Cody Rhodes has had a couple main of, you know, he's had a couple big profile matches at Mania. Cody Rhodes is always in a top feud. It's a purposely done thing. Because Cody Rhodes is going to come in and instantly feud with the likes of Seth Rollins and probably uh, you know Kevin Owens and you name the top guys he's going to be there. Like I told you, we were off air. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't let him pin Brock Lesnar. I can see that happen, or I can see him actually beating Roman. Yeah, as crazy as that sounds, just to send the message. message. It's a message. Just to send the message. So the two options you have right now, if you're Tony Khan, is you're going to either pay a shit ton of money and whatever else Cody wants because he called your bluff and has bent you over the barrel, Mm -hmm. or you're going to watch your face of the revolution show up on Raw, SmackDown, Mania, whatever. Oh, Twitter will be so fun that night. So I hope for your sake the massive deal is Cody Rhodes. Yeah. But there's the X factor, Ken. 
Oh, it is. I mean, it's completely a wild card of what's going to happen here. But that's why I say Vince owns everything about this. But but here's the X factor. This is the real X factor. And I'm not talking about the shitty tag team, the X Pac and Just Incredible and A Train right oh. You're now dealing with the X Factor. I, I, I once oh. I once got to play that at a live event. By the way, I was oh. so excited. Just Incredible and X Pac teamed up in two CW, and they let me play it. It was so great. Uncle Cracker. I what think you guys I remember say? that. What are you talking about? It was great. Anyways, uh, I digress. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so the X Factor is this. We're now hearing a lot of rumblings from the back that Brandy Rhodes wasn't exactly liked. Mm. Now, they're doing a good job of trying to snuff these out with you know people coming forward, but we just keep hearing from everybody who has to do in the back that she wasn't very well liked. Cody Rhodes, everybody, it's kind of like the, the the Patrick Mahomes situation. Yes. Cody Rhodes, it sounds like everybody was like, oh, man, we love Cody. Cody was great. Cody was the reason we're here. And everybody's like, but Brandy, on the other hand, <sighs> not so much. And that's what we're hearing. And you don't think that that man takes that in, in, into account? His wife? Oh, I'm sure he does. I'm just throwing it out there. There's a lot of X factors here. And I'm not saying he doesn't come back. Right, right. But let's not be fooled. It's not a work. If he comes back to all elite wrestling, Tony Khan realized that he was over the barrel and gave him whatever the fuck he wanted. Mm-hmm. And literally, that's where we're at, folks, because there's no payoff. There's literally no payoff for this being a work. You almost want to think it's like a poison contract in the NBA if he takes it. Oh, back. yeah. I mean, oh, that's, yeah. that's the easiest way to describe it. Because either Vince is going to inflate it and Tony's going to have to take the bait to save face. And like I say, with his ego, per se, he might have to. I mean, because, I mean, how do you let the face of your company walk? I mean, that that's such a crushing blow to what you built, the alternative, the, you know, the rival to WWE, quote unquote. That's where everything really kind of factors in. So can Tony you know, handle that loss if you see Cody wind up at WrestleMania pinning a champion? I mean, there's a lot of things that go in play. I also want to point out, this is reminiscent of Randy Orton. Yeah. Randy Orton's contract came up. He went to Tony Khan. He said, make me an offer. Tony Khan made him an offer. He took that offer back to Vince, and he got more money. Of course, Tony Khan then accused Randy Orton of never wanting to sign, and Randy Orton goes, listen, if you would have counter-offered me more money, I'd be in your company. Yeah. But the fact is, I went and got an offer from you. I took it to I got Vince's offer. I got your offer. I went back to Vince with your offer, and he offered me more money. I gave you the number back that Vince offered me, and you passed. Mm-hmm. By the way, would have been a way bigger signing, as we know now, than CM Punk. Oh, absolutely. Could you imagine if they got Randy Orton? They'd be drawing two every week. I don't know about two, but I'm just I, gonna, I think they'd be around there. I, I'm just saying the optics. Once again, that's the optics we're but looking at right. now. Mm-hmm. That's a big guy. That's a that's a top tier wrestler from World Wrestling Entertainment. It's not a guy that WWE let go. Mm-hmm. It's a guy that WWE is a is a franchise player, right? And you got to consider that, that that Cody Rhodes is the franchise player. Period. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's nobody else to wave the flag more. Uh, Pat says there's a reason Vince has been in the game as long as he has. Exactly, mm-hmm. and he's ruthless and cutthroat. And like I said, if you don't think what I just said a minute ago that Vince is sitting behind the desk with his O face on, he knows what I just said. I'm I'm a I am not Vince McMahon, but he understands the same business that I'm spelling out for you. He understands that no matter what, he has checkmate. Mm-hmm. What's the worst case scenario? That Cody goes back to AEW? He goes back to AEW, and they have to spend more money for him and more opportunities on him and give him things that they possibly didn't want to give him. Because Vince offered him more. Yeah. Whereas, if he goes to WWE, they're the the fucking cat that ate the canary. Either way, it's a win-win. You just handed 
This is the dumbest part about that six-week negotiation. You just handed WWE a victory no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like I said, for those out there that are, you know, because I'm sure if, if Cody goes back, see, it was a work. No, 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 guys. No, 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 no. Cody bent Tony over a fucking garbage can yep. and said, here, take and hold this for a little bit. That's exactly what's happening here. Don't let yourself be fooled. Sean Ross Sapp is right. Even Dave Meltzer is right on this. They're both saying the same things. And I said the same thing in the chat. I said, man, it might be when it first broke. But then after I thought about it, was this first thing I sent you guys in the chat on Tuesday? And Pat can attest to this as well. I said, oh, man, this is a contract negotiation. Yeah. Cody is doing this to get more money or more whatever from All Elite Wrestling or WWE. Either way, he's the winner. I mean, technically, the big winner is always going to be Cody in this. He was smart enough to pull that trigger. Mm-hmm. It took him six weeks. What shows me that he he really wants to be an all-eight wrestler. Oh, yeah. Well, obviously, like we said, nobody waves the flag more than he does. So he doesn't want to leave what he's built, and he this is his vision he wanted to do. But just seeing the the, uh, the apparent disconnect going on between him and TK, that this weighed so much that the fact that he is now flipping this into a negotiation instead of just you know ultimately coming back, I mean, that's just the true telling point. Now we fast forward. And, of course, we mentioned it already. Like, there's a possibility while we're on air, because we record during Raw, and we start at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, same as Raw. There's a possibility whether while we're on air or after we go off air, Cody Rhodes shows up on Raw. Mm-hmm. Because, once again, there is no no-compete clauses in AEW. So that means Cody Rhodes could have showed up on NXT the next night. Yeah. Cody Rhodes could have been in Saudi Arabia, which would have blown a lot of people's fucking minds. Yeah, they definitely went crazy. Or he could be there tonight or on Friday or whenever he wants. So... He's either going to show up tonight, or he could be the massive deal that Tony Khan's talking about. Uh, here's the thing. Another reason we know that this isn't a work, because if he is the massive deal, the reason it's not a work is because we've gotten numerous reports that even though he announced it, as of Thursday night and into the weekend, as far as we know, Tony Khan didn't have that massive deal he promised put into place. Right. Like, as of right now, when we're on air on Monday, we're everybody is still unsure if he has put that to bed. He made that promise without having it put to bed. So as of right now, as far as we know, he's still negotiating. And that's coming from some very reliable sources next to, this, you know, next to him. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they wouldn't be lying about that shit, in my opinion, right? No, I definitely agree with you. I think that, yeah, this is not locked and loaded, whatever he has planned. So let's say it is Cody. Then that means that he did exactly what I said. No matter how you look at this, it's not a work, it's a contract negotiation. Cody does want to go back to all the wrestling, but he's going to make them pay him, and he's going to make them give him what he wants. And if they don't, trust me, he'll have no problem showing up on WWE television. Oh, no, I I definitely think he would. Cody, I th- in my gut opinion, I think Cody will be on WWE television by the end of the week. I, I really do. If he's not on Raw, it'll at least be a tease or something on SmackDown for him. He'll be there, and I think that this is going to force whatever Tony is doing, he's got to deliver now with this massive deal he's been trying to And do. it can't be Buddy Murphy. No. If, if it's Buddy Which Murphy. Which we hear is he's on his way, allegedly. Yeah. I This has to be something along the lines of like he has some massive either cross pay-per-view worked out with somebody or he's got a new television deal worked out i just want to throw this out there pad just said tk his and his promises for wednesday nights are turning into fire festival 2.0 scenario wow. i mean you're not wrong but you didn't have to <laughs> wow. say it i mean good Shout out. 
Well, it is becoming. I saw a thing today that somebody put up. I can't remember. Sorry. So if you're if you're hearing this, is another content creator, and I, I I wish I could give you credit. I just don't remember because I saw it in passing. I saw somebody did a mock up of ADW all debut wrestling. Oh jeez. Because every fucking Wednesday there's a new debut. It was it was interesting. I I thought it was a, a really cool uh, thing. So shout outs. If I didn't, name, I'm sorry I didn't name you. Throw it in the comments or something. If you see this video later on or whatever, because I apologize. But it was just something I was scrolling and I saw it. And I chuckled out loud. I was like, <laughs> I think I threw it a like and moved on with my day. But I'm just saying, like I I first thing first. I just want to get it clear. And this is not just opinion. This is just a fact. This is this is not a work. It is a contract negotiation. If Cody goes back to AEW, which is the smart move for Tony Khan, that means Cody got whatever the fuck he wanted. Mm-hmm. If if he didn't, he's going to be on WWE television, ladies and gentlemen, bottom line. And I would not be surprised if he's not the Universal or WWE champion going into or coming out of WrestleMania. I agree with you. Because realistically, uh, I know that they look like they're going to have a unification match, but... It has been noted numerous times that being on two separate networks, both networks want a champion. Both networks want big guys. So you can't have both of your main champions on one channel. I swear if we have the USA champion for the network, uh, no. No, they won't won't do that. They'll just do – what they'll do is they'll still keep the WWE belt on one channel and Universal title on the other channel. Perfect guy to do that is he can take it off of one of the other two guys and then you have Roman versus Brock for whatever belt's left over. And it hurts nobody. Mm-hmm. And it helps WWE because now, hey, look, at we pushed your guy to the main event and he's going to be at WrestleMania in a high-profile match against, insert WWE guy here. Yeah. I mean, Cody Rhodes versus AJ Styles writes itself. That'd be huge. <sighs> Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins writes itself. I mean, right now, I mean, we were going to talk about this a little later. Right now, you could say Cody Rhodes versus Kevin Owens. However, yeah, it looks like Kevin Owens is going, what? Yeah, we'll talk about yeah, that we'll in the middle. We'll later. talk about that in the yeah. middle because there's that that's going to be in the mid card. But closing out this, I, I just want to get that over. Whatever, uh, Cody Rhodes, kudos to you, honestly, and I mean this. Some people might, if you're a fan of, if you're a big time, huge fan of AEW, you might think this is horrible and whatever. And I get it. That's the company you like. I don't have a horse in this race. I'm not a giant. I mean, I like what AEW does, mm-hmm. and I don't watch WWE as we all know. Yeah. Not because of any political views. It's just fucking, it's gotten bad. I keep my eye on it. I watch the highlights. I keep my ear to the pulse so we can do this show. That's all I'm doing there. AEW, I still watch. Currently. Mm. <laughs> they keep having some shows like they did last week, brother. Brother, brother, brother. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, I digress. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, but I got to be honest, as a wrestler, as a move, as a businessman, smart move. It took him six weeks. Showing that he really, for all of you who are, for those of the toxic fandom that are throwing this motherfucker under the bus, he worked with a handshake deal for six weeks. That's worth something. Yeah. That means that this man wanted to get this deal done with AEW, but was not going to take less than what he perceives his value to be. Okay. I'm on board with that. I'm sorry. I'm on board with it. And if WWE gives him what he's worth, got to be on board with it. It doesn't matter how you get used. At the end of the day, people say that. doesn't matter. What matters is the is the, you know the only two things that I, who was it it was a Dutch Mantel or was it Wahoo that said the only two things in wrestling that are real are the miles and the money. I think it was Dutch. I think it was Dutch. It said that that's a legit quote. Mm-hmm. The only two things in wrestling that are real are the miles and the money. And I do know Wahoo McDaniel said this though. Wahoo McDaniel's famously told Kevin Nash and Scott Hall once, "You can either have friends or you can have money, and I prefer money." Yeah. 
And Kevin Nash turned that into, well, I already have friends, so <laughs> let's make money. Mm-hmm. And that's where that all comes from. And I'm not saying that that's why you should make all your decisions. I respect people who do it for the art. Yeah, sure. But but if you have the opportunity to make a shit ton of money, I'm going to quote fucking Killer Cross, man. WWE calls him tomorrow and offers him. He's gone. Yeah. He's going. Well, why? Because it's financial security. Doesn't matter, man. At the end of the day, you're going to take bumps. You're going to get beat up. All that's going to happen no matter where you are. Is it better to be on top? Absolutely. Sure. Is it better to be in the limelight? Absolutely. But it's also good to get paid. Yes. Very good to get paid. And uh, I once again, whatever he decides, I'm happy for Cody Rhodes because he took a stand, man. And TK, this should be a note for you for the future. It's going to be like this for every major guy. Mm-hmm. Every young guy that WWE wants, and I'm going to name the two that they really want. And that's Hangman Adam Page, who yep. if you watch his Twitter feed, you might have some problems in that negotiation. Yeah. And, of course, MJF has already let you know he's going to be the hottest free agent of 2024. He is going to the highest bidder. He has no qualms in telling anybody that. Mm-hmm. So Cody Rhodes is now going to be the tester for that. And that's why I said all the haters out there, don't be surprised if Vince books him fucking favorably. He's going to give him the money. He's going to give him opportunity. But he could be booking him favorably for the next couple of years. And the reason being, he wants to lower those young guys over. Yep. Because you need the young guys to get over. And who doesn't want an MJF? That kid's a fucking star right now. Just because a- just because AEW's dropping the ball and it don't mean shit. And I, I understand somebody's going to be like, but Rich, he's in a thing with Punk. Eh. Yeah, cool. Yeah, but look at the body of work total. If this was CM Punk circa 2012, yeah. we got something to talk about. But this is, I'm happy to be here, Punk. Mm-hmm. Hey, everybody. How nice. I got paid. Thank you, guys. He's like, dude, the, I don't understand how the same fans that were shitting on The Rock when he was writing promos on his arm and jumped behind Cena, which they should. Yes. I, I mean, I've always been on that side. But those same fans are the same ones that are defending Punk now. And it's basically the same shit. He just hasn't wrote a promo on his arm that we've caught yet. That we've seen. Because you're telling me he's not mailing them in? Come on, my guy. That's why I, That's what drives me nuts, man, because I know Punk's worth more. By the way, just let's throw it out there because we just talked about him. Congratulations to CM Punk as he is the la- latest, possibly last inductee of mm-hmm. this year's inaugural Ring of Honor Hall of Fame. So I do want to throw it out there because Punk was amazing in Ring of Honor. Yes. The, sum- the original Summer of Punk happened in honor. And, of course, the greatest matches of, of – some of three of the greatest matches that I've ever seen in my life happened in Ring of Honor between him and Samoa Joe, mm. who's also going in this year. So kudos to both of those men. Absolutely. Uh, so he does deserve props for his time in the business. I just wish he'd get that fire back. Yeah. Because that's what I want to see for my CM Punk. I don't want to see this happy-to-be-here punk. Would you like to put a cherry on top of this before we go to break? No, I absolutely agree with you that, you know, with Cody, the ball is in his court. And negotiating for money is nothing but a good move on his part at this stage. And for TK, he's given him a lot of buyer's remorse. So at the end of the day, Cody is the ultimate winner. WWE wins. AEW is going to be taking an L because you're going to be taking a poison contract because that is going to be one inflated addition to your roster. Not saying it's not worth it, 
but it's going to be more inflated than what it could have been six weeks ago. Yeah, they should have gotten that deal done so we weren't in this situation. That's how I completely feel. But we're going to take our first break. When we come back, it'll be the mid-card. We're going to be going over what happened at WWE Elimination Chamber that went down this past Saturday, technically? Friday? Mm. Whatever. Saturday. Uh, Also, we'll be talking about Impact Wrestling's No Surrender, which was very good. Yes. Triple A's Ray De Reyes, and uh, a lot more coming up right after this break. If you're watching on Twitch, you'll see the information for the ODPH podcast. And you, if you're no matter where you're watching or listening, you will hear fail. You will hear two weeks notice by our good friend shout at the robots. I was reading the, the album title because the album title it is fail better. better. Uh, you can find that on Spotify, Bandcamp and uh, YouTube music. Also, you can also hear it at the beginning of the Ultra Duro Parlay podcast. Holy shit. Can't talk right now. The ODPH podcast. That's right. And you can hear it every week on the uh, Wednesday show. Yes. So there you go. So enjoy Shot at the Robots. We'll be right back. Throw it back. That's right. Give that throwback mid-card time, baby. Break out that bass, Ken. Give it a slap, baby. Woo! All right, we're back with the mid-card of this show. Oh, I miss it. I know. That's why I brought it back. I was like, oh, I still have it on the board. Let's bring it back. We're going to the mid-card, mid-card things. All right, let's talk about WWE Elimination Chamber, which went down this past uh, Saturday morning from beautiful, progressive, lovely... <laughs> Jedi Saudi Arabia. Uh, <laughs> Hi-yo. Hey. Ready to do the rundown? Yeah, let's do it. In the pre-show matchup, we got uh, Rey Mysterio with Dominic Mysterio in his corner, defeating The Miz via pinfall in 8 minutes and 20 seconds. Meh. At least it causes uh, the possible Cody debut tonight. Well, uh, let's open up the show. We open up the show strong for the WWE Universal Championship. Your champion, the Dog, the tribal chief, 
the head of the table. Roman Reigns defending against Goldberg. Six minutes long. And like I said, I want to be long. Mm. And still the universal champion, the big dog, Roman Reigns by technical submission. I'm all right with this. Goldberg can go away. Roman's still champ. Next. Next up was the women's elimination chamber match for the number one contendership for the WWE Raw Women's Championship for WrestleMania 38. This match got 15 minutes and 45 seconds, which seems awful short Yeah, for an elimination chamber match, by the way. Uh, at the end of the day, the pick that I had. Bianca Belair wins by defeating Alexa Bliss, Dewdrop, Liv Morgan, Nikki, A.S.H., and Rhea Ripley to go on to her second year in a row main eventing WrestleMania for the Women's Championship. Uh, Alexa Bliss was the uh, TBA, Mm -hmm. which was kind of, we kind of figured that was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, Just throw it out there. I'm, I'm happy that Bianca Belair will be getting a shot against Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. Yeah, for everybody that's crying about what happened at SummerSlam, you're going to see the remake go down at WrestleMania. No bigger stage. Bianca's going over. I also want to point out, once again, we did give this a shout-out, but we are going to have three women's matches on this card, which mm-hmm. is, is you know what, if anything else, kudos to WWE for getting a country that had zero women's matches just a few years ago, now having three on one show. Right. Next up was another women's match. It was a tag team match uh, between... Uh, Naomi and Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair and Sonya Deville. And it says that Ronda Rousey had to wrestle with one arm tied behind her back. Yeah, that was like a stipulation or something. Well, nine minutes and 15 seconds, Naomi and Ronda Rousey defeat Charlotte Flair and Sonya Deville as uh, Ronda made Sonya Deville tap. Like we predicted. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I can't go out any other than that. Next up, we had a Falls Count Anywhere match. Uh, nine minutes. Drew McIntyre defeated Madcap Moss with Happy Corbin in his corner, and uh, Madcap Moss uh, may have had a little concussion. Yeah, uh, like kudos to him. I mean, he—I'm not saying he's winning me over, but I understand now why people are starting to get behind him. Like that was a hell of a shot he took. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. I'm going to throw it out there because uh, I already kind of spoiled this one a little bit. WWE Raw Women's Championship was on the line. 12 minutes and 15 seconds of the match time. Becky Lynch retained against Lita. Very good match, though. Lita looked amazing. Yeah, Lita looked great in this. So, uh, But no real surprise. I mean, once Bianca won, you knew Becky was going to retain. SmackDown Tag Team Championship match. No zero minutes because it was a no contest between the Usos and the Viking Raiders. They kind of scrapped the uh, the match kind of in a way. It was weird. I don't know. Yeah. WWE doing WWE things. Reasons. And once again, in another, and it shows that it actually, this was shorter by almost a full minute than the women's elimination chamber. 14 minutes and 55 seconds. Your main event was the men's elimination chamber for the WWE Championship and new WWE Champion Brock Lesnar as he defeated former champion Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, Austin Theory, Riddle, and Seth frickin' Rollins to become champion, and he bulldozed right on through like we thought he would. Mm-hmm. Austin Theory, folks. <sighs> By the way, Austin Theory and his selfies in the ring and stuff was amazing. Yeah. Uh, I also want to point out uh, that was where Bobby Lashley took an injury who where he may or may not need surgery. Yeah. Uh, we're still waiting on for that, so thought, our positive thoughts, prayers, vibes, and positive yeah. vibes going out to Bobby Lashley. Get well soon. Mm-hmm. Got to see him back in the ring. Uh, overall, it wasn't a horrible show. I still didn't watch. I just caught the highlights. <laughs> I'm with you. I caught highlights of this, but it, it, it felt very predictable in, in for most of the show. I will say that. like There wasn't any super big surprises, and it was what it was going to be. 
So I'm just happy we we got Bianca versus Becky. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot lot of cool things that we got. I also want to throw this out there. Uh, WWE News, just adjacent to this, outside of Elimination Chamber and what's going on, uh, this would have been huge news. This would have been the biggest news in wrestling that we would have opened with, if not for the Cody Rhodes stuff, mm-hmm. is that it, it appears that we're hearing from a lot of sources that it may be a done deal that Stone Cold Steve Austin will be coming back to the ring at WrestleMania 38 in Dallas, Texas, allegedly having a one-on-one match with Kevin Owens. See, I'm not excited about this. Like, Stone Cold, obviously, one of the greats of all time. But let's face it. This isn't like Stone Cold in his prime. I'm more concerned that with his neck injuries and such, I don't want to see him get hurt just for a quick payday. Like, I understand why, and I get it. I mean, he doesn't really need the payday. Right, he doesn't need it. And that's why I say, like, for him to come back, he he can't work with anybody better than Kevin Owens if this is going to be the program. So, like, at least he's in there with somebody that's going to be very protective and such. I'm going to say, if this is true, Mm -hmm. the reason it's happening is because, blame it on The Undertaker. Mm. What I'm saying... What I'm saying is The Undertaker had one hell of a send-off in the final match with AJ Styles. I think that Steve Austin saw that, and remember, his last match, we didn't know was his last match. Yeah. So I think seeing that goes, huh, maybe one can have a final match for the fans, put a cap on my fucking career, and I can do it with somebody who will keep me safe but yet have a great match with. And that enter Kevin Owens. I, I'm okay with this idea as long as it's Kevin Owens. Yeah. I'm okay with this idea as long as it's KO. And the reason why is because we know Kevin will protect him. Mm-hmm. We know that Kevin will make him look like a million bucks and he'll protect him. He, We don't have to worry about crowd reaction. It's stone cold in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> so, and for all those people out there like, oh, it's so cold. Fuck you. You know, as soon as that happens, you'll be watching on TV marking like a little girl, mm-hmm. just like the rest of us. Anybody out there is like, oh, he's old. Let me remind you, he's younger than Sting. Yeah, he's un- he's younger than Sting. And he's, you know, and I'll, it's going to be interesting to see this. Just like, I, I like I admit, when I see this, I'll sure I'll, I'll mark. But I'm just like, I just fear for his health. Like, that's the only thing. I agree it. with you. But yeah. I, I'm, I'm looking at it. If the rumor is true and it's Kevin Owens, yeah. I'm not so worried. Because Kevin's not going to let anything happen to him. Yeah. It'll be a simple match. Boom, boom, boom. Kevin will, you know, probably eat the stunner for the finish. Yeah. Or, or Steve Austin, because he's a man of fucking, he's a man of wrestling tradition. He might go out on his back. He could. I'd love to see this be a cinematic match. Lose, lose, lose to... I, I don't know if you can. The reason why is because you know why you bring Stone Cold in? That fucking Texas pop, baby. Oh, yeah, but you do something like where you go outside. Can you outside imagine? And, you know, well, first yeah. of all, at home, we're going to be marking out. Yeah. But can you imagine when that glass shatters and we get to see Stone Cold in the fucking trunks and boots one more time? He's looking great. Yeah. He looks like he's got the match in him. And like I said, I would be more worried if you're like, oh, we're going to put him out there with fucking Sheamus or Mad Cat Moss or, you yeah. know, and I'm not saying anything yeah, bad yeah, about yeah, those yeah, guys. Yeah, but, but in, They're good in workers, the scale, like, who's, who could protect them more? But I mean, Kevin Owens is a guy that we know will not let anything happen to him. Yeah. Kevin Owens will make sure that he's fine. He'll make sure his neck is fine. He'll make sure that everything is good. Mm. That's why I said if, if this is going to happen... As long as it's Kevin Owens, I have zero problems with it. Yeah. Because at least we know that Stone Cold will have a good send-off. And I think that's what he's looking for. Mm. Honest, honestly, a lot of people are like, oh, they're just desperate. Nah, man, they're not desperate. They got Brock versus Roman. 
They're not yeah. desperate. They if, got they got Becky versus Bianca Belair. They have these great matches lined up. They have Ronda Rousey, who's also a draw. They're not worried about that. What they're what I think what this boils down to is maybe, and I think it is. I think it's the Undertaker and, and Steve are really good friends, and he's a Texas boy, and he goes, hmm, how cool would it be to wrestle in Dallas, Texas for my fi- what is going to be my advertised final match? And I'm going to go out there with a talented young bull. Who they have a connection. Mm-hmm. I mean, we remember Steve Austin taught him how to do the stunner. Yeah. Because Kevin Owens wasn't doing it properly, according to Steve. So he taught him how, which means there's a lot of mutual respect there between the two. And you get them out there and you let, you know, they're going to beat the shit out of each other. And it'll be safe. And that's that's my only saving grace. Now, if it was anybody else, I'm like, no. Especially if it's Seth Rollins. Whew. Oh, Bronco Buster. No, no, Bronco the, Bomb. The bo- buckle Bomb. The Buckle Bomb there. <laughs> the ending sting. Well, it didn't quite end up because he's back in AEW. But for all those people, I just want to say, for all the haters that are bitching about it, just remember Steve Austin is, is, is younger than Sting by over a decade. Yeah. So, you know, we all just think about him as being way older because he left wrestling at, technically at a younger age. Mm-hmm. He left at when he was like 40, 41, which I understand that's still older, but when you have AJ Styles still being you know, AJ arguably Styles. the best wrestler in the world at 44. That just tells you that with the right amount of work, and you know, you could argue Chris Jericho at 50, what 51, 52, he's still out there, and he, that's what Steve Austin is. He's around at Jericho's age, yeah. maybe slightly older, but Jericho's out there. And no matter how you want to look, I don't ever want to see him do the backflips. By the way, oh. uh, Pat says I also want to point out anyone with a neck issue is making a comeback these days. Danielson, Edge, Austin, I I agree. You know why? Science has gotten a lot better. And I'm sure that, once again, I don't want this to be an extended thing. I think it would, if he really wants to have one final match, because he got robbed of that, I think that, you know, just like Edge did. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was Edge's motivation to come back, is I got robbed of a final match. So I'm sure Steve saw how Edge felt about being able to come back and at least getting to perform. Yeah. He's not going to come back full time like Edge. Uh, and he definitely saw The Undertaker going out there mixing up with AJ because Undertaker said he just wanted to have that one great match to go out on. And the Boneyard match, in my opinion, the greatest cinematic match of all time. Absolutely. And him and him and AJ tore it fucking down, man, and and did things that, you know, are that match is legendary. Mm-hmm. So I think that he's looking at that. He knows Kevin. Him and Kevin are friends. He goes, this Kevin can give me the match. Kevin's all about Mr. WrestleMania moment. And like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if the old Steve doesn't, uh, you know, go on his back the way you should. I mean, Kurt Angle did. Mm-hmm. I can imagine Stone Cold going out to the stunner from Owens. I could see that happening too. I mean, crowning them, having a good moment after, maybe a beer together after, just because fuck it. Yeah, I could definitely see that going down. And like you touched upon, for anybody thinking that WWE is worried about stacking a card. It's WrestleMania. They could actually do a blank card and not announce any matches, and they'll was, sell that thing out. It's our, the tickets are already pretty much yeah. gone for both nights. That's a hundred thousand over a hundred thousand both nights. Yeah, they're they're fine. They're it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. To steal to steal about Bussy and uh, Effie, it, they're fine. Yes, they're fine on WrestleMania. So that the excuses are excuses. I really feel like this does come down to something that Steve wants to do, and if Steve really wants to do this, and as long as it's with somebody safe, and I yeah. think that the the reason why Kevin Owens is the perfect guy is because we know that he won't let anything happen to him, and I think that Kevin knows that as well. Or sorry, that Steve knows that as well. There's only a couple guys I trust with this moment. Only a couple. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Owens is one of them. I mean, I'm, I would probably trust Randy Orton in this situation as well because I mean, he did a great job in the Edge situation. Oh, sure. Well, making it look real as shit. 
Yeah. You know, he went after him. He didn't make it look like he didn't look like he was holding back, but you could tell he was still being safe with Edge. And it was a perfect way to bring Edge back into a regular match because mm. the Rumble is one thing. A real match is a different thing. Absolutely. It's a lot harder. There's no resting period. There's no, you know, and, and you know, the fact that him and that, him, uh, the WrestleMania match between Edge and Randy was a, was a decent match, a little long, mm. but decent. They went all over that damn PC, uh, yeah. uh, no, no crowd uh, mania. They definitely put in the work, but kept, kept them very, very safe. And even all the crazy shit they did, you could tell Randy was definitely making sure that Edge's head was on top of his arm. So if if the bump, the more of the bump was going on to Randy. Mm. So like, there's only a couple guys I'd put Austin in there with. One of which would be, well, I'd also say Edge, but you don't need to do that. I think Kevin Owens is the guy. Give him the rub. Yeah, give him the rub. And uh, even if he loses, who gives a shit? It's Steve Austin. Who cares about losing to Steve Austin? Yeah, Steve Austin's arguably the greatest uh, entertainer in wrestling history. To have that moment, that that's a win for Owens, no matter Dude, what. He'll take that stunner like a like a proud champion. Yeah, he'll fly <laughs> out. On, he'll fly out of the fucking, ring. He'll do the rock flip flop and glide on the goddamn thing. Yeah. Anyways, I digress. Uh, we'll we'll keep our eyes on this story. I won't be mad about it as long as it's yeah, as long as safe. Owens. Yeah. And Owens is the guy that I would pick. If it's somebody uh, questionable, stay away, Steve. Yeah. Definitely don't go with Goldberg. Hey. Aye, aye, aye. All right, let's talk about, let's move on. We got a lot to cover because we have a lot of stuff to go over. So let's move on uh, to Impact Wrestling. Yes. This Saturday night, Impact Wrestling slayed it once again as they brought us no surrender. And we're going to take a victory lap at the end. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. We will do it just so you guys know. Uh, let's uh, let's go out of this card, shall we? Yes, let's do it. For the Impact X Division title number one contendership four-way match, Jake Something defeated Ace Austin, Chris Bay, and uh, Speedball Mike Bailey in seven minutes and 19 seconds. I was really happy to see Jake Something uh, getting pushed here. Happily surprised. Great match. I mean, and uh, happily surprised for Jake. This is a big move for him. Jake's a big dude, man. Yeah, he is. And he, he he can move. He's a great athlete. I'm glad he's getting a push in Impact Wrestling. Next up, we had Jonah defeat Black Taurus in eight minutes and eight seconds. This was just two big meaty men slapping <laughs> me, and I was there for it. Yeah, I was here for this as well. Uh, next up, we had the Switchblade Jay White t- defeat Eric Young, 12 minutes and 12 seconds. Great match, and I know people were kind of worried about how Eric Young would match up with him. I thought he was perfectly fine. That was a great pace match. Well, we had Deanna Parazzo's open challenge. Anybody could either challenge for the Ray, uh, the uh, uh, the Triple A Women's Championship, or the Ring of Honor Women's Championship. A lot of people were thinking Taya Valkyrie, even though she was booked on another show. We'll talk about that in a minute. And uh, we got uh, at the end of the day, Miranda Alize challenger yes. for the Ring of Honor World's Women's Championship. And uh, still, your Ring of Honor Women's World Champion, Deanna Parazzo, 7 minutes and 26 seconds. Fantastic match. Good shine from Rand Alizé. I want to jump here for Pat in the chat. Pat says, for everything Austin did for Vince over the years, there's absolutely no way Vince is forcing him to do this for tickets. I agree. Yeah. And there's no way. If, if, but he's also, if he this is what he really wants and he's in shape, Vince will let him do it. That's, mm-hmm. that's a good point. Uh, next up, we have the Impact Digital Media title on the line. This your champion, Mark, Matt Cardona. Always ready, Matt Cardona. Mm-hmm. Defeated Jordan Grace by DQ in 7 minutes and 58 seconds. That's right. Even against a woman, Matt Cardona has to cheat to win. 
Yeah, I got nothing on this uh, one. Next up was the match that a lot of people wanted to see. It was a big draw for this card for the Impact World Tag Team titles. The Good Brothers, Doc Giles and Carl Anderson, defeated the Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatanga and Tongaloa in 12 minutes and 19 seconds. But that's not the story. No. The story is Switchblade Jay White gave the uh, breathe with a Switchblade right on to Tamatanga, helping the Good Brothers win and re-announcing the Good Brothers in... Bullet Club. Bullet Club. And uh, also, Chris Bay joined that phrase. So Chris Bay, the Good Brothers, and Switchblade are Bullet Club. Yeah, Bay's been a member for a little while now, but this, Tonga not being there, like, it just doesn't feel right. By the way, young Padawan Jay broke in to say Miz segment is now standby, so he'll be letting us know what's going on with the Miz segment. Nine o'clock hour, too. Yep, good time Mm. for it. Maybe, who knows. Uh, next up, we have the Impact Knockouts title match. Mickey James, your champion and still champion, defeats Tasha Steeles. Uh, 10 minutes and 28 seconds. Very good match, by the way. Very solid match. Next up was the Impact World Championship match. Your champion, Moose, is still your champion as he defeated W. Morrissey in 12-21. W. Morrissey really impressing me now that he's showing some stuff, man. Very hard-hitting match. And yeah, I got to say, Morrissey is definitely breaking out right now. Good stuff. Our main event, though, was the 10-man tag. Honor No More versus Team uh, Impact. Mm -hmm. And if Team Impact won, Honor No More had to leave. But if Honor No More won, they got to join and get shots at titles in Impact, I do believe that was the Yeah, they officially become members of the Impact roster. And guess what? Honor No More of Kenny King, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, PCO, and Vincent defeated Impact team of Chris Saban, Rhino, Rich Swan, Steve Macklin, and Willie Mack because Steve Macklin was in the match because original member of Team Impact, Eddie Edwards, got laid out at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. Well, Eddie Edwards came out. He grabbed a hold of Maria Canellas, looking like she was going to set her up for a gore from Rhino. And then he used that kendo stick on Rhino yeah. to help secure the victory for, for Team Honor No More. And as we pointed out, we called we, we called this last yes, we week did. when we previewed this show. Eddie Edwards has turned heel on Impact Wrestling and has joined Honor No More, and we said that was what was going to happen. It did, and it allowed uh, the injured Sammy Callahan to talk a lot of shit. Yes, which his Twitter after this match was fantastic. I got to say, just plug that. But great match, great story. And, you know, for Eddie Edwards to do the heel turn, this is big things. All right, I, I agree. Great pay-per-view, by the way, front, top to bottom. Fantastic Impact Wrestling's pay-per-view. been knocking it out lately. If you're not watching, make sure you're watching, by the way. Just like I had to inform my kid, every Thursday night, Impact Wrestling on YouTube is where you can find their television program. Also, they're on like, some channel I don't know anymore, but they are on Access. They are, uh, no, maybe, I don't know. But they are on YouTube. YouTube rest, Impact Wrestling on YouTube. Make sure you like the page every Thursday night. It's live. There you go. All right, want to talk some uh, international wrestling? Why not? How about Lucha Libre AAA as they had the Rey de Reyes 2022. It's one of their big events. Mm-hmm. And, man, they had a stack card for this. Are you ready? Let's do this. For the number one contendership, it was a five-way match for the AAA Reina de Reyes title, which, of course, is currently held by uh, one Deanna Parazzo. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, let's breaking news. Miz's partner is Logan Paul. Oh, jeez. Laugh my ass off. So we, we did call that it was going to be one of the Paul brothers. Yes. All right. So let's come back into this. Uh, so we have uh, Taya Valkyrie, who was the added fifth person, because originally it was a four-way, defeated Flamer, Kyra, Lady Marvella, and Lady Shani, 12 minutes and 20 seconds. 
So Taya Valkyrie is your new number one contender, and she's going to get a shot at Deanna Perazzo at possibly AAA Mania. I'm here for this. Six-man tag team match was up next, and I know you're going to love this one because uh, although you're not going to love the outcome, Los Vipers of Abismo Negro Jr., Latigo, and Psychosis defeated the team of Mr. Iguana, Mestiz Jr., and Nino Hamburguesa. Ten minutes and 58 seconds. How dare they? How dare uh, you know, zero stars because the oh, wrong team. Oh, by the way, won. now we are finding out Mysterios versus Miz and Logan Paul at WrestleMania. Okay. Okay, they, that's a swerve. Okay. I mean, that's a big ticket match, right? Uh, I still say uh, Paul does not be in this match. I'm going to put it out there right now. Okay, that's fine. Okay, so that was there. Next up was the AAA World Mixed Tag Team Title three-way match. At the end of the day, the Los Vipers team of Arez and Chic Tamarta def- uh, won to defeat uh, Los Mercenarios, La Hidra and Valino three Jr. and Octagon Jr. and Sexy Star in 11 minutes and 31 seconds. Okay. Next up, we had the three-way nine-man tag team match. So if you, it's three three-mans. I think AEW is going to be doing this sooner than later. <laughs> At the end of the day, La Familia Real, El Hijo de La Parque, La Parca, and La Parca Jr. So all the La Parcas. Yeah, I was going to say. Defeated La Empresa, which is DMT Abzul, Puma King, and Sam Adonis, which we've seen them many a times. Mm-hmm. And Nuevi, Nuevo Generation Diamante, El Cubero, Fortorso, and Sanson. 13 minutes and five seconds. It looked like a banger, by the way. Yeah, highlights look great for this. Uh, in the Ray De Reyes match 2022 as a four-way, and this is usually to decide who gets a title shot. Mm-hmm. Psycho Clown defeated Heavy Metal, Bandito, Cybernetico, and Laredo Kid in 10 minutes and 17 seconds to become the Ray De Reyes 2022. Interesting. Psycho Clown lives, baby. He's having a big year right now. By the way, in a singles match, he's back. Pentagon Jr., Mm. And uh, some people like to call this Dark Pentagon. Yeah. He's back, and he defeated Dralistico in 13 minutes and 19 seconds. This was a fucking banger. Yeah. And it's nice to see old Pentagon back. Yes. I miss old Penta. And then the main event of the evening for the AAA mega title, your champion, El Hijo del Vikingo. I know that's not a real fucking word, but whatever. Defended and is still your champion as he defeated Johnny Superstar in 13 minutes and 7 seconds, also known as John Morrison, yep. also a.k.a. John Hennigan, but he is now going under Johnny Superstar. So, yeah. it looks like we're going to get Vikingo versus Psycho Clown possibly at AAA Mania. That's going to be an insane match. Also, Deanna Perazzo versus Taya Valkyrie. I possibly. Can't, Unless I, they do it early, but I want, I don't know why they would. I can't wait for that one. I think that's good. That has match of the year contender right written all over it. That goes down if I'm not mistaken. It's either March or May. I'll have to get a. But we'll definitely be watching AAA Mania. Uh, we usually do actually. Yeah, so. I was gonna say. I, I can't. I just can't remember which month it goes May, down in because I because th- I thought it was before Double or Nothing. I think it is. I think it's May. I think it's. I think it literally is because I always forget if it's before or after Mania, WrestleMania. It's after Mania. I know that. So then it's going to be May because I know it's one of the end months. I, I will double check this for you folks. Either way, we will be watching and giving you the rundown because we watch AAA Mania every year, mm-hmm. even the year that we had to pirate it because AAA told us to. Yes. True story, by the way. We had permission. <laughs> we had complete permission. I found the actual streamer I should have been watching from AAA. <laughs> the owner of AAA, the president, was like, here's where you go if you want to watch it, since they won't let us sell it on pay-per-view. 
It's a great show. I, I love it, Lucha Libre. I mean, some people don't like Lucha Libre. I get it. I'm still protesting about it the loss. It ain't for oh, you. Still Nino Hamburguesa. I'm just glad he was back on pay per view. I am too. Bring Nino to the states. Johnny, Brett, Johnny Moose. Brett, Brett Lauderdale. Uh, Johnny Moose ain't gonna get Nino <laughs> Hamburguesa, and he should. He should. Mr. Iguana makes those West Coast runs. Brett Lauderdale, Mr. Iguana, Nino Hamburguesa, tag team. Let's go. Let's fucking go. Well, that is going to bring us to the end of the second card. We only we got a main event left, Ken. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't have to tell you, but our main event is going to feature <laughs> a review and a preview for Game Changer Wrestling because we have to give you what went down at Game Changer Wrestling's fuckery weekend in Atlantic City, New Jersey this yes. past weekend. But more importantly, we have to preview what's coming up this upcoming weekend when GCW has a huge weekend in Los Angeles, California. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk all things GCW. In the break, you're going to hear our good friend Tom Jolu. When life gives you lemons, have a party. And if you're watching on stream, you're going to see information for the Three Fat Nerds podcast. So all that, remember, main event time, coming right up after the break. Fans, are you ready? Uh, let's get ready to rumble! It is time to rumble! It is time of the main event of 607TWS. And of course, we're talking game changer wrestling because we have a review and a preview so we got a, and we got a lot to talk about a total of seven events <laughs> but all amazing though all right are you ready for this i am born ready all right let's start off in chronological order for the weekend and first up we had game we had the first of the uh four events for fuckery weekend in atlantic city new jersey all coming to you from the showboat in the carousel room all of them happened in Atlantic City, so we'll just get that out of the way. The first show was at 12 p.m., and it was free, and still you can watch the replay free, on the Game Changer Wrestling YouTube channel because it was Jersey Championship Wrestling. JCW presents, oh, uh, I can't remember, Gladiator Days. Mm-hmm. I almost forgot the title of the show. Uh, we opened up the mat- guard with a six-way scramble match. Dylan McKay defeated Arcadia, Brandon Kirk, Charlie Tiger, Ellis Taylor, and St- too hot Steve Scott at 8 minutes and 12 seconds to win the opening scramble match. Dylan McKay, of course, a star prodigy of the H2O Wrestling Training School. Also, Young Dumb and Brooks, Charlie Tiger, and Ellis Taylor, who's looking like a million bucks. Yes. 
Legend Arcadia in this match, and Brandon Kirk, the head trainer at H2O's facility. Great, great way to kick off the weekend. Yeah, very solid opener. Next up, we had the East Coast legend, Grim Reefer, defeat Marcus Mathers in 10 minutes and 54 seconds. Mathers did his homework, got up on the old man, but you can't, you know what? That veteran knowledge in the Reefer, and of course, he had his spinach with him. When Reefer gets that spinach, he is almost unstoppable. Next up, making his JCW and later this weekend, his GCW debut, Alec Price, the Prize City OG, defeated JJ Garut. Thotty Steiner, if you will. Yes. Uh, six minutes and 26 seconds. This was a battle. It always is when you have J.J. Garut. But Alec Price very is impressing a lot of people in Beyond Wrestling and elsewhere. Did a great job in GCW and JCW this weekend. Yeah, well. definitely had a great first impression. Probably the guy who had the greatest weekend, and we're going to be talking about him later. Cole Raderick. Cole fucking Raderick. Cole Raderick had his first match of the night, or the first match of the weekend at, well, not counting the shows that went down on Thursday and Friday, but his first match of the the GCW weekend, I should say, here against the bounty hunter, Brian Keith, making his JCW debut. Of course, uh, Cole Raderick would win this match, nine minutes and 27 seconds. And you know, he's doing big things. We're going to talk about him a lot more later. This was an excellent match, but yeah, we'll definitely talk about Cole later. Hashtag the king of wreck shit mountain. Yep. Next up, we had uh, the legend Azrael defeating the returning Drago Kid in eight minutes and 45 seconds. Definitely a fun match. After that, we had, uh, you know, one of the big storylines, Charles Mason with Bam Sullivan stole a win from Big F and Vin in 11 minutes and 7 seconds. Charles Mason doing Charles Mason things. Mm-hmm. Then we had a six-man tag team match. Billy Starks and Yokai, Janai Kai and Yo-Ya, defeated either Surreal and Incoherence, Delirious and Frightmare, 14 minutes and 23 seconds. Unfortunately, Billy Starks had a, <laughs> a little tumble when she was getting in the ring. Yeah. Poor Billy Starks. Poor Billy. But she had a great weekend this weekend. Yes, we'll she did. We'll talk about her more later, too. Yes. And last but not least, in the main event of the evening, the bad boy, Joey Janela, defeated Slade, and he had Bam Sullivan and Charles Mason out there helping him. It didn't matter because the bad boy gets the victory in 15 minutes, 31 seconds. Very solid card. Let's jump to nighttime in the first of the two GCW titled shows. And, of course, at 8 p.m. Eastern in the Carousel Room, we had GCW Believe Me. And first up, we had they opened hot, man. Mm. They opened with the legendary Legends tag team match. We took this motherfucker back to the year 2000 as the Briscoes, Jay and Mark Briscoe, defeated the SATs, Joel and Jose Maximo, 11 minutes and 32 seconds. And I know this is one of the first times you ever got to see the SATs. Yeah, this is one of the first times. I it's definitely was impressed. I got to say this. This was just very old school, very violent, but... Damn, told a great story. I agree, I agree. Uh, next up, we had uh, All Heart, Blake Christian, a.k.a. Best in the World, defeating Jimmy fucking Lloyd, 11 minutes and one seconds. And I think Jimmy Lloyd took a small leg injury in this match. He was gimping the next day. He definitely was, but this is the year of All Heart. Blake Christian is going to be the wrestler of the year by the time we're all said and done. Next up was the Young Gunners match that stole the show and possibly the weekend as Nick fucking Wayne defeated... Big Breakfast, a.k.a. the East Coast Ace, a.k.a. AKA. the Clout Cutter, Jordan Oliver. This match got 16 minutes and 58 seconds, and this was a banger. This was a freaking fantastic match. Talk about future of the business right here. 
Next up, we had an eight-man tag team match. Second Gear Crew, One Call Manders, AJ Gray, Effie and Matthew Justice defeated Team Gringo, ASF, Gringo Loco, Jack Cartwheel, and Ninja fucking Mac, who was Kamikaze this night, by the way. Eight minutes and 34 seconds. You want to talk about an ass whooping? Second Gear Crew. And the chair shot they gave Ninja Mac. That's why I say, at 3 Fenders Pod on Twitter, I, I retweeted a bunch of gifts from the event. Woo, we can see all those and more. Yes. Brutal ah. match. Next up, we had a tag team death match. Well, first, actually, let's go in order. First, Nick Gage came out to address the MDK gang, told us that he had been out. Uh, in nursing some injuries. He also was kind of mentally not there. You know, mm. he lo- had a lot of loss. He lost his brother this past year. He lost Marcus Crane. He, you know, he, he, he's all alone. To which the crowd started saying, you still have us, which was kind of awesome. Yeah. And then he said that. That's what he said. He said, but then I realized, you know what? I'm not alone. I have you motherfuckers who are there to pick me up. And then made the promise, as he's made before, which is always an interesting one. But he said he'll either die in the ring or somebody will put a bullet in his fucking head. Either way, he's going to do it right in front of us until he can't do it no more. Mm -hmm. So Nick Gage is back in full swing. And, of course, this brought out John Wayne Murdoch and... Reed Bentley, the rejects, as uh, Alex Colon got injured on the Friday night show uh, that he wrestled on, and so he was unable to wrestle this weekend. And, of course, John Wayne Murdoch basically said, that's because you're a pussy and, you know, you're just ducking and dodging me. Mm-hmm. So uh, they said, hey, we want to fight, and I know we're supposed to get a tag title shot, but why wait? We're just going to beat the shit out of Nick Gage now. Of course, Nick Gage don't back down for fights. Took the watch off, took the coat off. He was ready to go. But Orin Vite and G Raver were not going to have any of the rejects jumping Nick Gage. They came out, and uh, we got an impromptu tag team death match. At the end of the day, though, the rejects do beat Orin Vite and G Raver, 10 minutes and 40 seconds. This is pretty brutal. Pretty brutal. Brutal, to say the least, but... But it wasn't the most brutal thing that happened. It was not the most brutal. That was the thing. Because after the match... John Wayne Murdoch called for a microphone. KG brought the microphone to the ring. Of course, Kevin Gill, one of the the commentators of Game Changer Wrestling. When he brought the microphone, they had KG come in the ring. To which Reed Bentley got on the microphone and started talking smack to KG. Mm -hmm. To allow John Wayne Murdoch from behind to hit KG over the back of his head with a light tube. Taking out an announcer and then calling out... Alex Cologne, who then, even though injured, had to be held back by the entire fucking locker room. Yes. Before saying, you know what? I beat your ass twice, and then I beat your ass with your own luggage and embarrassed you. That's all right. You know what? You want it, Murdoch? Spring break. Me versus you. The first time I embarrassed you, this time I'm going to fucking hurt you. Yeah. He's he's claiming that he's, the belt's going to be us. The ultraviolet championship, GCW ultraviolet title will be on the line, and it will be. Alex Cologne versus the Duke of Hardcore, John Wayne Murdoch, Spring Break. I'm telling you what, I got a feeling Murdoch's walking out with this belt. I do too, but... I, I hate going against Alex Cologne. God though. damn it, man. God damn, son. God yeah. damn. Ugh. But well, we got I'm, inter- I'm amped for this stuff. We got an intermission here because obviously we had to clean up the fuckery from the death match. Mm-hmm. Coming back from it, we had Billy Starks defeat Cole Raderick, 10 minutes and 58 seconds. This was Billy Starks' first win in GCW. She looked great. Cole Raderick also looked great in this yep. match, but you know what? Both of them went out there, the big hug at the end of the match. She definitely earned her stripes, and uh, she got the uh, ring entrance good on the second try. Yes, yes, she did. 
Next up, we had one of the marquee matches, Mascara Dorada, formerly known as Grand Metalik, defeated the bad boy Joey Janelle in 13 minutes and 42 seconds. They had one hell of a banger. This was a fantastic match. At the end of the match, must respect shown from both men. And that brought us to the main event of the evening. And it was a fucking death match. (laughs) And it was a first time ever death match between two of the biggest and baddest dudes in the yard. You could have said it's King Kong versus Godzilla. It's like a mirror match. A younger version of the same wrestler. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, Hoodfoot defeated the legendary Matt Tremont, the bulldozer, in 16 minutes and 40 seconds. God damn, this is a great match. Fantastic match. Hoodfoot, what can you say? I want to say Matt Tremont... After thinking he was done in wrestling, yeah, he wrestled in four or five death matches, including a barbed wire match this weekend. Something insane like that. Well, he wrestled on every show. Yeah. Well, except for the JCW show. Mm-hmm. But he wrestled on Thursday. He wrestled on Friday. He did death matches there. He did this death match. He did the death match the next night for GCW, and he did the barbed wire match during the HDO. Five death matches in a weekend. Yes. But he uh, lost the Hoodfoot, and he, you know what? He put over Hoodfoot, too. He said, you know what? You're, you're the next guy. You know, there's guys like myself and Nick fucking Gage who have put this place on the map. You're going to take it to that next level. Yeah, and that's high praise coming from the bulldozer. Oh, absolutely. He's a legend, man. Yes. Absolutely. Member of the hate club, one half of the GCW World Tag Team Champions, and we'd see him the next night in that Mm -hmm. capacity. Let's go on to the next event, though. It was at noon in the carousel room, and it was brought to you by H2O Wrestling, which Bulldozer Matt Tremont owns, and it was the H2O Barbed Wire City Showdown, and we opened the event with the no-rope barbed wire match as Matt Tremont defeated Atticus Koger, the Silver T. Satan, 13 minutes, 8 seconds. And boy, was this a brutal fight, including a double skewering. Yeah. But Tremont gets the win, but after the match, Atticus, the devil he is, shakes the hand and gives a hug to Tremont out of respect. But while this is happening, Koger, Atticus's brother, Otis, gets in the ring, and when, 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 when Tremont turns around, he launches himself into him into barbed wire, which Atticus is then sitting on the apron laughing and smiling because he turned his back and didn't see it, but he knew what was happening. How good is Atticus Kogar? He's I mean, amazing, and we're going to be touching on him a little later at yeah. the end of this segment, by the way. Next up for H2O, we had the high-stakes six-man tag match, and there was too much on the line for me to remember how this all went down. Let's just say every member of this match had something to win or lose based on what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, the team of Austin, Luke, Brandon Kirk, and Mark Angel with Casey Kirk in their corner defeated Jimmy Chondo Lyon, Kennedy Copeland, and Marcus Mathers in nine minutes and 26 seconds. That's all you need to know. Okay. Next up, we had a four-way match making his return to the East Coast. B-Boy defeats Duncan Aleem, Leroy Robinson, and Ryan Redfield in eight minutes and 51 seconds. It's noted that on the JCW show, B-Boy came out and said, when we do JCW versus LA fights at the Collective, the main event will be the East Coast legend, Grim Reefer, versus the West Coast OG, the New Age Punisher, B-Boy. I'm here for that. It's going to be a great match, by the way. Yeah. Great card, too. Next up, we had the H2O Danny Havoc hardcore title match. Your champion, Lucky 13, defended the belt and won against Bam Sullivan, Jimmy fucking Lloyd, and Kit Osborne in 8 minutes and 59 seconds. Boy, we saw we even saw a curb stomp from Lucky 13 onto some barbed wire. Yeah. That was a little insane. What, what else can you really say about that one? 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Next up, we had a singles match. Nicholas Grande defeated Darren Hardway. A couple young guys, 10 minutes and 26 seconds. Very good match. Mm-hmm. Then we had a three-way match. Adonis Valero defeated Colby Carino and Reed Walker in 8 minutes and 16 seconds. Then we had the H2O tag team titles on the line. Your champions, Chris Bradley and Christian Ross, retained against the Storm of Entrails, Dan O'Hara and Schlack. <laughs> it went to a no contest, though. Yeah. And Schlack and Dan O'Hara, man. Whew. Trail of Entrails is no oh, fucking... Storm no of Entrails, sorry, is no joke. It's no joke. And then we had the main event of the evening, a six-man tag team grimy street fight. Louis Ramos and Notorious Inc. Devin uh, Moore and Drew Blood defeated Chuck Payne, Declan Grant, and Jess Moss in five minutes and 40 seconds, and this was just a brutal, kick-ass, deathmatch-style beatdown. Yeah. Can't say nothing else but that. Jeez. Great show from H2O. You can watch that right now on independentwrestling.tv. The replay is up. Mm -hmm. And that leaves the 5 p.m. show to end the weekend from the uh, Carousel Room and Fuckery Weekend. And it's GCW's Don't Tell Me What to Do. Yes. It opened up with Jordan Oliver defeating Alec Price in 9 minutes and 53 seconds. Alec Price making his game-changer wrestling debut and losing to the East Coast Ace. No shame there. No, absolutely not. A little shit-talking back and forth from these guys online, too. I like, I like that. I like where this feud might be going. One of my favorite matches of the night happened next. ASF defeated Drago Kid in 8 minutes and 26 seconds. Yo, this match. And then my, my second match of the night, because my number one comes right after, ironically enough. Mm-hmm. Blake Christian, a.k.a. the best in the world, all heart, defeated Ninja fucking Mac, 9 minutes and 37 seconds. Year of all heart continues on. Fantastic match. And that would have been my favorite match of the evening. Yes. If not for the next match, which was a fucking death match. And filling in for the injured Alex Cologne, mm-hmm. the ratty daddy, the king of wreck shit mountain. Cole Radrick defeated Orin Vite in 16 minutes and 14 seconds and had the entire deathmatch world on his feet saying, give this kid a title shot, give this kid a tournament of survival. He made his GCW deathmatch debut. Not his deathmatch debut, but his GCW deathmatch debut and tore the house down with a guy who's doing it on big things in Orin Vite. Holy shit, this is a great match. A star is born. You talk about these moments that define when somebody gets over and breaks through. Cole Raderick became a made man during this match. What an absolute amazing performance, and I know he is already in for TOS. They had the little backstage thing. Yeah. Well, on top of this, let's be honest. When he hulks up during the match, if you will, yeah. and starts cutting him his own self with a fucking light tube, a broken light Yo. tube, while laughing and smiling, okay, Cole Raderick, the king of wreck shit mountain, living up to the name. Yeah, absolutely amazing performance you can't talk enough and they hit the chandelier yeah (laughs) i thought that was coming down i I thought he was either gonna try swinging from it or it's coming down oh my god well we had an intermission coming back from intermission we had the classic gcw six-man scramble jack cartwheel defeated billy starks bounty hunter brian keith colby carino jimmy fucking lloyd and marcus mathers in six minutes and 50 seconds and this match was all over the place and amazing yeah i mean it's gcw scramble match always on point Next up, we had a tag team match. The second gear crew, AJ Gray and Matthew Justice, defeated Joey Janela and Marco Stunt in 16 minutes and 22 seconds. And boy, Marco Stunt's a tough little shit. Pray for Marco. Jesus Christ. But he's a tough motherfucker. They beat the shit out of him. And the wild fight that happened outside of the ring. Janela kicking garbage cans at people. 
There's, I think at one point they locked him out of the showboat. Yes, they, they literally threw him out of the door and locked the door behind him. <laughs> they, they got every single table known to man. They took every table for a door, door sorry, door, under I'm the sorry. ring and put it into the ring. <laughs> and Matthew Justice is just sadistically smiling the entire time. And then they put uh, Janela in a sandwich between the doors. And then they go for the top rope power bomb with Marco onto him. Yeah, it was, it was disturbing and awesome. S- SGC all day. Next up, we have the legend, Two Cold Scorpio, defeats Gringo Loco in 10 minutes and 41 seconds. This is the first time we've seen Gringo lose in a while, but great match. Yeah, great match. Two Cold is tapped into the fountain of youth somewhere. Him and Ricky Morton, when they step in the ring at GCW, it's, it's, it's like a time warp. And then last but certainly not least, in the main event in the evening for the GCW World Tag Team titles in a fucking death match. Your champions, the Hate Club, the Bulldozer, Matt Tremont, and... The man, the king, the god of this shit, Nick fucking Gage, defeated the rejects, John Wayne Murdoch and Reed Bentley, in 15 minutes and 9 seconds. And the night before, for what he did to KG and for coming out and talking shit to Nick Gage, Nick Gage said chillingly on the on commentary that he was going to carve that motherfucker up real good. Yeah. And uh, John Wayne Murdoch <laughs> got carved up real good yeah. by the king. Yeah, the king was angry and took his aggression out. The Duke of Hardcore found out his role when he was in there with the king and the god of this shit. Yeah, the minute the pizza cutter came out, you know his game on. <laughs> Dewey Donovan on the apron pulled out the pizza cutter for the crowd. It was good shit. It was a great match, by the way. I liked it, and a uh, great way to kick uh, to finish the weekend. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the, the Hate Club, as they are now known, bringing back the Hate Club name. Uh, explain why he brought it back yeah, with Tremont because there's only yeah. only one person that could be a member of the Hate Club, and that's that's the bulldozer. I got no problems with it. Zero problem with it. it was a, It was an awesome moment. I mean, Nick just addressing the crowd, and you know, like obviously, we talk about Cody being the face of AEW. There is nobody that represents GCW like Nick Gage, and to see him back talking to the fans and really pouring his heart out. I mean, it's just a fantastic moment. Great way to cap off the weekend, like you said. I agree. Well. That's we're not done with Game Changer Wrestling because no. we have a whole nother weekend. And mind you, we will address some stuff with Atticus Kogar at the end. So say, we're just going to save this. Let's go through the cards first. Sure. So we're going to kick off the Los Angeles weekend, which you can order now on Fight.TV as a package. It's uh, $24.99 for the, the, the complete package. Trust me, it's going to be well worth it. Uh, unfortunately, I will forewarn you, if you're living on the East Coast, these shows start at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time because they start at 8 p.m. Pacific Time. However, you can always watch them the next day if you can't stay up that late. I'm going to try to do my best, but yeah. let's be honest. I probably will be watching them the following morning. I'll probably start watching them and fall asleep. Yes. It's a little late for me these days for some reason. I go to bed earlier. <laughs> but first up, uh, on Friday night, the 25th of February at uh, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 p.m. Pacific Time, GCW, welcome to Heartbreak. Uh, so far, we have scheduled and put an asterisk by this, which we'll talk about the asterisk at the end. Atticus Kogar versus Kevin Blackwood, which should be a banger. Yes. Six-way scramble match, Matthew Justice versus Gringo Loco versus Tony Deppen versus Jimmy Lloyd versus Jordan Oliver versus Jack Cartwheel. That's a solid scramble match. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, We'll have Dr. Wagner Jr. versus Independent Wrestling Hall of Famer Homicide. Okay. Next up, Speedball Mike Bailey versus Ninja fucking Mac. Don't blink. This match is going to be ridiculous. You want to talk about ridiculous match? How about the next match? 
All Heart Blake Christian, a.k.a. Best in the World, going one-on-one with the young prodigy Nick Wayne. Ooh, that'll be a good match. That'll be a fun one. Oh, you want to talk about uh, the opposite of that? That's going to be finesse, high-speed, technical. The next match is a tag team match. Jacob Fatu and Juicy Finwa taking on the Briscoes. Oh, shit. You're going to talk about punching each other in the mouth. You will not see a lot of wrestling in this one, folks. This is going to be a fight. The GCW Extreme Championship will be on the line. The motherfucking truth, AJ Gray going against Leo Rush. However, Leo Rush is injured. He's been pulled off of some shows, including the tournament show, Mm. because of an injury. So I'm sure that they'll replace with value. So I'm sure that somebody else will be in that match. But as of right now, no replacement is announced as of our time. But I promise there'll be a replacement. But that's not the last match. It's the main event of the evening, probably, and I would assume would be in a tag team match. The major players, Brian Myers and always ready. Matt Cardona, your NWA world champion, amongst other things, yeah, are going to take on the team of the bad boy Joey Janela in X to the P to the A to the C, baby. It's X-Pac and Janela against the major players. I'm excited to see X-Pac make his GCW in-ring debut. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for this. Yeah. I'm, I, He's I'm, looking I'm, in great I'm, shape. I'm coming for this. I'm alive for this. Yes. All right. So next up on Saturday, once again, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 p.m. Pacific Time. Also from the Los Angeles, California, and the Ukrainian Cultural Center. Sorry, GCW is the coldest winter. Mm-hmm. Here's what we got so far: six or seven TWS's favorite asshole coming off a scramble match from the night before. Tony Deppen going one on one with Thunder Rosa, the woman good. who is now officially getting her title shot finally at Revolution. About fucking time for that, but this is going to be a great match. I'm super excited about this one. Yeah? Well, how about this one? Speedball Mike Bailey goes one-on-one with all heart. Blake Christian, a.k.a. the best in the world. Oh, this might be match of the match of the weekend contender. Easy. Easy, if not the year. I don't know. Wait to hear some of these other matches. Of course, once again with an asterisk, Dark Sheik versus Atticus Coger. Ooh, if it happens, it'll be great. Ready? Remember you said about this, and this is why this weekend's worth it. Mascara Dorado, a.k.a. Grand Mental League, makes a return again to go one-on-one with Gringo Loco. Ooh. 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 I like it. And if that wasn't enough, Jack Cartwheel versus Ninja fucking Mac. They're going to be jumping off every single place they can do in, in that arena, or that place. Because the you know, last time the Ninja Mac was there, didn't he jump off the balcony? Yep. Yeah, and Jack will do the same thing too. It, there, there won't be a place they can't climb and, and jump off of. Oh, it's it's going to be on and popping. Trust me. Yes. Uh, that is the nighttime show, but during the afternoon, uh, I don't have the exact time for this. Sorry, but it will be on YouTube for free, and it's going to be also on the twenty sixth. Is L A Fights Volume Three? Ooh, okay. And it will be on the Game Changer Wrestling YouTube channel for free. Uh, I do not have the time from Cage Match, sorry, but I think this is during the afternoon and the other GCW show is at night. Uh, so let's go over the matches here. We got Tyler Bateman versus Bad Dude Tito. Okay. Then we have, in a singles match, Ali Catch versus Sandra Moon. Oh, that'd be a good match. Another singles match, Kevin Blackwood versus Jai Vidal. Okay. In a tag team match, we got the, we got the fucking old school... Legends, B-Boy, and Little Cholo taking on unguided Damian Drake and Matt Vandegriff. Okay. And then, of course, we have in a singles match, Judas versus D-Rogue. Ooh. And in a match that I know everybody's waiting for, it's probably going to be the main event, let's be honest, 
the legend, the, the, the person who makes the needle move in L.A. fights, let's be honest, Dark Sheik, mm-hmm. is going one-on-one with formerly elite Peter Avalon. Ooh. That would be a great match. That should match. be a great match. And that is great. going to end out the L.A. fights card for this upcoming weekend. Once again, the two GCW show, shows are $24.99 on Fight.tv and takes place respectively on Friday and Saturday night. LA Fights is going to be taking place during the afternoon on the game. Check for time. I'm assuming, I'm going to guess 5 p.m. Eastern time or 4 p.m. Eastern time. Just because uh, 5 p.m. maybe, it's either going to be 5 or 4 because it's either going to be 2 p.m. Pacific time or 3 p.m. Pacific time because 8 p.m. is when... Uh, the uh, show is specific time. So I'm going by Eastern times because we're on the Eastern, so figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Game Changer Wrestling uh, YouTube channel. But the other two are on Fight.TV, $24.99, and they're going to be some bangers. Yes, absolutely. This whole weekend is stacked. So now we have to talk about the asterisk. Yeah. And the uh, you know this is speculation and opinion only. If I have a chance to ask Brett Lauderdale, I will be asking him what's going on because there's a big... There's something weird going on. Mm-hmm. So... We got news last week that Atticus Coger is starting his own promotion. Uh, he is in correlation with the guy that used to run the MDK All Day website. It's called Circle Six. And they're doing their first event skewered in March. And they're starting to announce talent and stuff for it. Blah, blah, blah. No matches yet, but it's not until March. It's not until like midway through March. We'll be talking about it more as it comes up. Sure. So anyways, this news broke last week via Atticus Coger making a video online. Now, fast forward to this past weekend. Atticus Coger was scheduled for both Friday, or both Saturday and Sunday's GCW shows. One On Saturday, he was supposed to take on Billy Starks. Mm-hmm. And on Sunday, he was supposed to take on Alex Zane, who wasn't even on the card, which is interesting. Yeah. He did not appear either night. However, we didn't know if he was injured or whatever. However, he appeared at the H2O show mm-hmm. to take on Matt Tremont. So he was in Atlantic City. He was not injured. He was just not on the GCW shows. Now, he is scheduled to be on the Los Angeles shows. Now, mind you, this Skewer show will be coming from L.A., not the same building that GCW works, a different building, but still coming from L.A. So, last week, on the uh, when I got the uh, on the GCW Patreon, I, uh, there's something called the, uh, the Art of Deathmatch podcast, hosted by Stephen A., and of course, three Pete, Mr. Three Pete himself, the ultra GCW ultra violent champion, Alex Cologne. Stephen A brings up Circle Six in the, the Skewered event that they've announced in the promotion. It's going to be a, it's going to be regular wrestling, but there's going to be a lot of death matches involved. And instantly, Alex Cologne goes, "Ooh, you're trying to get me in trouble with the boss." Hmm. Like I don't know. He's like, "You can speak about whatever you want, Stephen A, but I ain't saying shit." Well, you want to be a part of it? Well, if I get booked, I'll be there. But that has nothing to do with it. Think about where we are now. We're on a GCW channel, you know, blah, blah, blah. What was there heat? I, I'm not the one to speak on that. Ask, ask the boss. So as Cologne already starts up. Now, mind you, this could be a work. Sure. But then after this, we get to Atlantic City, and Atticus is not on either GCW show, even though he was booked and, and, and advertised. But yet, he is on the H2O show, which means he's not injured. And I understand Alex Zane wasn't there the second night, so maybe Alex Zane couldn't make the show or whatever. But night one, Billy Starks was there. Yeah. And instead, Billy Starks wrestled Cole Raderick, who was originally not booked. Cole Raderick got some great bookings this weekend off of people not being there or mm-hmm. being injured. 
So the question now comes when we go to L.A., is Atticus Coger going to be there to take on Dark Sheik and uh, who was the other person? He was, uh, and uh, Kevin Blackwood, respectively. Or is he not going to be on the card again? And now here's the question. Is this a work where they're going to work this circle six versus GCW angle? Because obviously in GCW lately, he's been saying how he's been unhappy with the with the treatment and, and was picking up steam with some other people in the back. Looked like a storyline to me. Now he starts his own promotion. So maybe it's still a storyline. Or maybe there's a falling out we don't know about. It's a good question to ask. This is a really weird situation because prior to the world on GCW, Atticus was seeming like he was going to be taking the place as the champion and he was like going to be ascending to the main event status. And obviously, it went a different direction with Homicide getting that main event slot. And since then, perception is reality. It is perceived that there is some kind of friction going on between him and the heads of GCW. Then you kind of see now it's kind of enhancing a little bit. And with him starting his own promotion and some of the verbiage that's used in those videos. And just what he's been kind of like alluding to online. So it does appear that there is kind of like a falling out. And if this is the case, I mean, it would be good business if this was a work. And you know what? I would say I, I, I would applaud both of them. Great storyline, by the way. Yeah, this would be. If it's, this, this is one of those times. Where earlier when I said the Cody Rhodes thing, it doesn't benefit anybody from this work. This does. This is like a whole group of wrestlers. And you could add some guys to almost like an NWO situation. Not quite. Yeah. And we've seen these turf wars in the Indies before, but this is a manufactured turf war, so that would be cool. Yeah, there'd be a, there'd be a lot of pluses if this is the case, and I hope this is because Atticus is a bona fide star, and he's somebody that when you talk about the faces, the pillars of GCW, if you will, he's up there. He is somebody that has just elevated his stock so much with this company and does so many great things in the ring. And to just have that ultimate heel persona. If this is a falling out, this is going to be something very, very sad. Because of what he's done in such a short amount of time with GCW. And I think that if you're kind of putting like all the pieces together, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that this is just a work. And then taking him off some shows you know, for a couple of weeks. And then have him come make a triumphant return. That could be something as well. But you have to almost wonder, because like, remember at the end of the Janela show, he was yelling at somebody in the camera and saying, if you didn't want to be here, get the hell out. I don't know if that was meant for Atticus. I thought it was more meant for Cardona because it's building up their match. But what if? Because, you know, when you were touched upon too, around that world on GCW time, it looked like Atticus was getting a lot of support from certain wrestlers on the roster. So optimistically, I'm hoping it's a work, but if this isn't, I will say it would be a sad moment because it's like it shouldn't come to this. So uh, just so you know, the Circle Six Presents Skewered will take place March 19th of 2022 at the 1720 Warehouse in Los Angeles, California. I just pulled it up so I can see it. The first post from Atticus after announcing the name of the show and stuff after they announced the promotion on the 15th, which was Valentine's Day, was that uh, everyone that doubted me, everyone that used me as a backup plan, everyone that told me I am unmarketable, dot, 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 this is my way of saying go fuck yourself. We are the voice of everyone who won't say anything because they're afraid of losing their spot. At Circle 6 underscore CO is home. Hmm. And the first person that replied 
with a black check mark of fist and a hundred was Jacob Fatu, who has already been announced for that first show. Interesting. I also want to point out right there, you see Jacob Fatu announced yep. right there. So he's going to be on the first show. I know they just added uh, Gregory Iron today. Ricky Shane Page is announced for the first show. Mm-hmm. No surprise to that. Masada is also announced for the first show. I mean, uh, by the way, they were giving away free Circle Six shirts, but if you missed it because they sold out, you can order one now and they're for six dollars and sixty six cents. Hmm. And they will ship well plus shipping. Yeah, at Circle uh, Circle Six Co. Just so you know. Uh, they also have a really cool Atticus Koger shirt if you're interested in looking at it as well. Okay. I know I'm putting them over right now, but, you know, uh, they decided graciously to follow me. So <laughs> thank you, Atticus Koger. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, hey, I, I really see this as could be a revolution. This could be a secondary company based on death matches. So it could be a work or this could be a situation where he was unhappy with his spot and did something about it. The ultimate DIY. So we'll find out soon enough. But, hey, he's a big enough talent, and he's bringing in some pretty big names already attached to this show, and we'll be fucking watching. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we'll give you more information about that show as it comes up. With that being said, that is going to carry us out of the main event. Lots of GCW, lots of big news. Still no word. No, no, as of right now, no uh, Cody Rhodes on Raw, just so you go. And it's uh, currently 9.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on that Monday. That doesn't mean it doesn't happen before we leave. So just so you guys know, we uh, did our due diligence there. Yes. <laughs> With that being said, Ken M. Tell the fine folks one more time where to find yourself in the Ocho Duro Parley Hour podcast. Very simple. Swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join in the conversation on their social media accounts. You can find them right there on the homepage. You can also check out Parlay Points with the new blogs. Count anywhere talking some more pro wrestling that we didn't get a chance to talk to here on 607TWS or the ODPH podcast itself. Check out the directory, the uh, classifieds, the T-Public store. All that is the ODPH is right there at odphpodcast.com. And, of course, Three Fenders Podcast, all your information, 8122productions.com. Check it out. T-Public store is up there. Links to the Twitch channel if you're watching. You already know it. But if you're listening podcast form, that's where the Twitch channel is located. Also, uh, all your information about the Three Fenders Podcast, Horror Zone 607-607-TWS there. Friends of the show, like the ODPH is listed there. So is in Sci-Fi Horror Fest. And, of course, uh, our local sponsors like Dragon Master. Games who provides us with the 8122 Production Studios is there as well. Plus, for our musical uh, guests to, to provide us uh, for the copyright-free music. Yes. Jeez, easy for you to say. Uh, you would act like I've done two podcasts today. <laughs> Done it. Uh, but uh, with that being said, big shout-outs today, especially to our good friends Floodlands, who provide you with the theme song for 607TWS. Also, you heard Shout at the Robots on this episode, and our good friend Tom Jolu. You hear him every week in the opening, but you also heard him during the secondary break. And you'll be hearing Second Suitor and uh, their great song, One Winged Angel, to carry you out like you do each and every week. All those bands plus more are in our section, and you can also find them on odphpodcast.com as well. And then, of course, we have the Patreon link there as well. Patreon.com slash 8122productions. For as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content. And you help bring all the streams, podcasting, and everything else we do straight to you. I think I didn't forget anything. No, I think you got unlocked. Social medias are also on there, too. But it's easy enough. We're on all social medias. Three Fat Nerds Pod. Throw an at in front of it if you have to. Mm -hmm. But there you go. I digress. It's been a long weekend. And you know what? I didn't even get to touch on one of the shows because I didn't get to see it yet. Because I was so so, I had to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre for the Three Fat Nerds Podcast. And I was so tired after that. Thankfully, it was only an hour and 20 minutes. So, whew. Oh, that's good. But uh, I uh, did not get to watch Prestige last night. 
Hmm. Uh, Prestige Wrestling. It is on independentwrestling.tv currently. Hell of a card. Nick Wayne was on the card. Uh, a lot of people. Alec Bussy was on the card in a tag team match. So much great stuff went down. I'm going to be watching that card. So independentwrestling.tv. They're not a sponsor, but if you're looking for great wrestling, there's always great shows going down at independentwrestling.tv. $9.99 a month. Use the code word ABSOLUTE to get a free five-day trial. And help out our friends over at AIW. <laughs> yes. Uh, with that being said, and you can find AIW there, H2O's there. The show from this past weekend is up on there already, plus other shows from H2O if you're looking for a little more hardcore, ultra-violent action. Uh, also, they have Deathmatch uh, Dream from uh, down in Australia on there. It's pretty good if you're looking for that kind. Of, but they also have great wrestling like West Coast Pro Wrestling, mm. AIW, and of course now Prestige, and our good friends down south. Uh, what was it, UXC or... No, PWC, sorry, PWC, who just got their stuff on there. They got a huge card coming up very soon. So check that out. Keep They got a big tournament coming up that we'll be covering when that comes up in March. So there you go. Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff on IWTV, and we always plug them. But unfortunately, just a lot of stuff today between the Cody Rhodes stuff, between the three shows that we watched plus the other four shows we watched, seven wrestling shows I watched this weekend. So give me a break that I didn't watch Prestige. I will be watching it because it looked like an amazing card. So with that being said, I'm finally checking out from the wrestling world for the rest of this week. I'm just going to throw yes. that out there until GCW this upcoming weekend. So with that being said, man, for myself, for Ken M., Thank you guys for tuning in for all the wrestling talk. We will be back next week, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on twitch.tv slash 607 podcast or anywhere you get great podcasts by searching 607TWS. Make sure you're following the show. Make sure you're following the Twitch channel. Until next week, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And all I have left to say is later, wrestling fans.
Top ropes, one, two.